Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Red 7, Red 7, Red 7, John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't, what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bop halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? I'll get you the ball! I'll get you the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. I got a whole lot of money, money. Yummy yeah. for me Bottle key, popping that water bath yeah. Jack yeah. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party Welcome into 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett ready to talk some ball with you after the Cats took down the Gamecocks from South Carolina. Uh, as Freddie Maggard said, Brad White picked up Shane Beamer and burped him. Just absolutely took him to the woodshed. Look, at you were in Columbia at williams Bryce Stadium for all of the action. Was the crowd as raucous as they said on the broadcast? It, it was pretty loud in there. Um, I went back and watched the broadcast, and I was surprised. Like, I guess they didn't bring any mics because they picked up none of, like, the crowd noise. <laughs> yeah, very It loud. was loud in there. So – I will give them the benefit of the doubt on that. It was loud. Now, I watched it on the broadcast. It wasn't, but it was loud in there. But to Freddie's point, Nick, my biggest takeaway from that game was the biggest mismatch. I'm kind of upset myself for not talking about it, um, was just Brad White versus Marcus Satterfield. Just that Kentucky's D.C. Um, so, really, Stoop slash White versus Beamer slash Satterfield, I think, was kind of Kentucky's biggest trump card in that game. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Clayton White, their defensive coordinator, he came from WKU. For SP Plus, he had two top 40 defense at WKU, working for an offensive head coach. I think he does some good things. I think he's a pretty good coordinator. Um, but they leave you wanting more definitely on offense. Um, and Kentucky was just all over anything they wanted to run. They took away the deep shots. They caught them once in a corner blitz, and they had a guy open, misfire to Van one deep down the sideline, I think, in the first quarter. But other than that, they had them pretty much in check. And then they got rolling a little bit on that one drive. But other outside of that, it was pretty much all Kentucky on that on the field there Saturday night. Yeah, I can respect Helton because if you can make Western Kentucky's defense, like, formidable, you can make any defense formidable. Right, no uh, doubt. <laughs> which, shout out to the tops. Uh, man, almost got the Hoosiers. That was almost my second money liner. But, Baylor, you know, Baylor my, came in for us. Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting we're we're sniffing in the right territory. So even if you're just against the spread and you're doing all right in your money on picks, there's there's a lot out there this week, like and a lot in the SEC too that are very intriguing that we will get to. But we need to dive in a little bit more on the Kentucky victory over South Carolina. Um, love seeing Chris Rodriguez run for 145 yards. Do not necessarily love the fumbles, of course. Um, but like it, this is one of those times where you can say, I told you so, because you wanted Will Levis to pound that sucker. You got about 24 carries from C-Rod. You got about 10 from Smoke, and you got a handful from Will Levis. Really distributed, I thought, the ball pretty well, um, uh, carrying the football-wise among your top three guys. Well, that was, I think, Cavassier Smoke's best game. 
maybe since his first like his three game stretch there in 2019 to begin the season. I thought he ran hard. I thought he ran behind his pads. I thought he ran with patience. I thought that run late in the game to really ice it, to give him a first down there on, I think it was second and four, where he kind of just waited, 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 and then just snuck his nose in there and dove forward and got, you know, seven, eight yards. I thought he showed some good things running the football. That was very promising performance from him, I believe. Um, getting what they got out of him was big time. It just adds another element to the to the team if he's able to consistently – if you can lean on him to be, be efficient, and then if he can just provide you, you know, a 15-yard, a 20-yard run or two, and he gave you one there on the touchdown. Right. On that nifty little – Man, believe it. love that counter action. Well, I don't even know – I know it was called counter, but I don't even know if it was a counter because – I mean, there, there wasn't a tackle. It was just the tight end. We we, we called them Rexes. Yeah. What I, I, I think that was – their terminology is. I think it was duo where you got a double team on each side and then you just have a – and it's called like a, a a win back or something. They call it like a – like because McVay used that um, to like kind of counter teams were like how they defended the outside zone to kind of tackle them inside. Um, so it looks like a counter, but it, the back does the counter move where it's like the fake to the right. Right, right. Take the handoff to the left. And then you um, got somebody I, pulling down the line. It's just right. a tight end instead of a tackle. Yeah, but usually in a counter, you got a, you have a kickout block. This was just kind of a straight lead into the straight, hole. Yeah, he went north-south as like a fullback, which, yeah. you know, and what could that is, uh, I, I think if you were South Carolina reading tendencies and you see 84 coming to the game, you're probably thinking it's likely going to be passed. But no when, when, when Cummings made the switch, that was a point of emphasis that we tried to belabor home. Whenever he was recruited out of mail, he had to play a lot of tight end. Uh, and it, he wasn't a stranger to blocking. So, you know, we saw that. I know everybody, the, the touchdown receptions will get more glory, but that's the kind of plays that will get you paid on Sundays. Yeah, and he's just becoming just a little more each week with Cummings because you're going to need him eventually. Or not need him, but it's just going to be a nice another option to have on offense. Is Man, if you can depend on him to do some stuff, both in the run and the pass game. Especially his development, too. Somebody made the point last year, or I don't know if it was our text line or what, but, you know, Upshaw comes back. You've got a year of Cummings working out at tight end. Like, that can be – might end up being your best position next year, you know, your best skill position. Yeah, uh, I mean – um, Wide receiver is going to be a huge question mark next year. But you look at the tight end spot, then you throw in Brendan Bates in there too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got three yeah. – and Dingle, Dingle I think. There. Yeah, you got yeah. four guys right there you feel really, really strong about. So, yeah, like in the offseason, they're going to have to get – they're going to have to figure out ways. How do we really take advantage of this personnel? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's – looking forward to next season, right? right but I thought right, off- right. offensively, man, we'll get to the bad here in a little bit, but – I think the offensive line really answered the bell. They came out and really imposed their will early, which was good to see. Fortner co-offensive lineman of the week, I believe. Uh, just SEC. straight up offensive just lineman straight up. of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he had a great performance. You know, Kennard did some good things going against some tough competition. I thought Horsey had a really good game. So, it was good to see them answer the bell. In the passing game, you know, you would like to see more, obviously. Um, but Wandell was great. I thought it was maybe Wandell's best game in a lot of ways um, because they were laboring and he kind of stepped up and made some big plays to help that, them move the chains on offense. The third and long was a was a great throw, great catch. Uh, mm-hmm. Levis had to hang in there and take a shot. Yeah, uh, like he caught seven of eight targets. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a pretty high success rate number. He was I guess big. the only the only target he didn't catch was the underthrown interception, which and then the one like the play down there at the goal line with Kennard, where he kind of runs in, he could have fell. Was a great screen they ran on like third and medium, mm-hmm. stays up, gets the first down. So overall, I mean, two hundred thirty-three. I think it was like two hundred and fifty or something along those lines. Non-sack rushing yards. I think it was two thirty non-sack rushing yards. Like if you're doing that, and they had a success rate as a team over fifty percent. Like hard to lose, right? Like you're gonna win a lot of games doing that. Um, you got to go and uh, cough the ball up three times to give the other team a chance to win. <laughs> the issue with this game, Nick, um, 
was it was a limited possession game. So I think if you take out Kentucky's probably I think they had eleven possessions in the game. Okay, but mm-hmm. only they're only trying to score on ten of them. That eleventh one they're trying to run out the clock. Right. So they have ten possessions. They score on. Let me go make sure it's ten. Yeah, it's ten. They score on four of them. Touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal. They have fumbles on three. Or they have um, turnovers on three, and then they have a couple of fumbles on, on some more drives. They're drive killers. Like, yeah. You just can't you can't have that. Like if you take away like they had three punts in the first half. Like they didn't punt at all in the second half. Second half they went field goal, fumble, fumble, field goal, ha- and then ran out the clock. So it's another game where the offense just didn't start touching the ball a lot. Um, there in the second half, but like you can't have these turn the turnovers are just killer. And then the last one was a big one that Ali fumble right at the you know at the fifty. You probably get they're probably going to score on that drive, I would imagine. And you just you just can't have that. And then the interception you're in scoring you're right outside scoring territory. All you got to do is put a couple first downs together. You're at least in field goal range. Mm-hmm. You're up seven nothing. If you've got on fourteen nothing there, the game kind of would have felt over. Right. With that, Especially how South Carolina's the, offense was their, their offense was looking because it would have been you got that ball with 11 minutes in the second quarter. You go on a four minute drive, you know, because then you're going to get they're only going to get one more possession in the first half. So you're going to go on at least with a 14 nothing lead, maybe like a 17 nothing lead, um, which totally changes the game. So just the turnovers is just you got to fix the interceptions. Again, I'm going to say you can. I'm going to. You're going to be willing to live with a lot of these. These interceptions, they're just going to happen. But these fumbles, it just can't. Like the two. I mean, Rodriguez got lucky and got him his back. Yeah, especially the one backed up. That was huge. But the ones for Ali, man, it just they're drive killers. Like in both these drives, Kentucky was, you know, getting close to knocking on the door type scoring territory. So that's that's something that just has to be fixed. And, like, I don't, you know, we're going to – we talked about it ad nauseum. We're going to keep talking about it ad nauseum. And I don't know what more to say other than, hey, when you're in traffic, double up. Like, it, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I I need to ask one of my buddies because he he was uh, – I know this is apples and oranges, but I know what I know. Benny Snell was similar, too, in that I don't ever remember problems with Benny. School's all-time leading rusher. My buddy, he's my school's all-time leading rusher. He had one game where he had fumbles, and that was it. And it was like a very big point of pride for his. And I thought he was going to tear up on the sidelines when he fumbled it for the second time in a game. Like, it just, like, it was like ripping out his soul and calling him a fraud for putting the ball on the turf. And I I, I think it is just, like, a point of emphasis. And I know these coaches don't want to – like, you if you overcoach it, then you get them thinking about it too much. So they're in a weird spot here where you can't – you can't make this uh, molehill uh, a mountain, but it kind of is a mountain. So it's you're you're they're they're doing a fine dance right now, uh, and it it really just comes down to making it a point of pride yeah. that, hey guys, you, like Chris, I, I I think Chris is smart enough to know that he is leading the SEC in rushing by a hundred yards. He is on pace to have a record season. But nobody really gives a damn because he keeps turning the ball over. He keeps putting the ball on the ground. It it takes away a lot of the good he's done. And I, I would think that there would become a, a point of pride where it's just like, all right, enough's enough. Well, with Rodriguez, I just worry maybe that wrist is hurt. And that's leading all these yeah. issues. It, it's it, the only thing that logically makes sense. Because right. he was able to – he had that – fumble you know in the first game of his career as a redshirt freshman and then that that problem just went away after some time so i think he fumbled twice that game yeah and one was at the goal line that rig recovered and Uh, then it just went out yeah went away like you said um so i mean his wrist thing like josh ali like there was real scuttlebutt about wandell and kind of his health going into the south carolina game i was very worried (laughs) and i think you can look at the game plan especially early and kind of see that um, mm-hmm. And they were planning on using Ali a lot, I think. And man, he just didn't have a good game. The two fumbles, uh, Mark Stoops talked about on the interception. He didn't run the dig like right or hard enough. Yeah, or he would have been open and like what he kind of put Will in a bad spot because he didn't run it right. So Will had to go somewhere with the ball. Um, mm-hmm. He was getting pressured there in the pocket, so he just 
you know, he, he had to sling it deep because the other guy, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. So like, he's got to be better. Well, and I you think know, there he, might he's be, something be better to him being better as a, you know, no offense, but better as a Robin than he is as a Batman, you know? When when yeah. the, when, when the stakes crank up a little bit, it gets back to well, it gets back to like there's a reason Wandell's a target monster for this offense, mm-hmm. and that you kind of <laughs> saw it, right, right, right against South Carolina. Like you know, he's just he's the dude, and you're gonna have, ride your horse. You know, Kentucky's got two of them. It's Rodriguez and Wandell, and like Chris, the drive out of half. Okay. South Carolina cuts it to 10-7. Kentucky goes on a beautiful 13-play drive. Mm-hmm. Chris fumbles in the middle of it. They get in a goal-to-goal situation, and they don't have them down there. And it just it just totally – yeah, they're out of sorts there, goal-to-goal. And so they have to settle for three. If he doesn't fumble there, he just comes in down there after they get that first down and pound, pound, touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And then the drive at the end to go up 16-7 – now he runs them down there. He just gets tired, so mm-hmm. they, you know, he, they had to give him a breather. But down there, they they bog down again without him in the lineup. Like he is essential um, in some of the in their scoring territory type areas. Like they have to have him down there. And so I think you saw right there, like just the fumbles. Not only did it give, you know, ruin scoring opportunities, all that, but it took away points even yeah. when they did, didn't when they even when they recovered a fumble. Because they couldn't, you know, they were like, you got to sit for a minute if you're fumbling like this. Just just chill out for a little bit. And then, you know, you just got – they have to get that fixed, man. It just has to get fixed. You can't have it. You can't have it. And especially going into this week, you're going to have to score points to win. You can't be giving away no, 30% no. of your possessions. No, and there is a an extent of like, man – it's hilarious that Kentucky is at the point in the season. Like, look at I, 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 I did the thing after uh, the game on Sunday, where I was like, "Man, that Sugar Bowl talk we had at the beginning of the year, totally still in play, no doubt." Especially when you realize, like, Kentucky got to this point. I mean, they could have played worse. Like, there's, there's no doubt about it. But like, this is about as bad as you can play and be four and zero. You know. Yeah, well, the South Carolina, <laughs> I thought they, like, they controlled the line of scrimmage. The defense was, like, South Carolina game told me, I went in the game, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to know if the defense is bad or not after this game. They they, they made it I know up. what South Carolina is on offense. Yeah. Now the question going to next week, how good is it? Like, how good can this Kentucky def- off defense be? You know what I'm saying? Especially against the run when you see, you know, what Florida's going to do. And def- offensively, I thought the game plan was fine, like, South Carolina, they're just – they're petrified of Kentucky's big play ability. So, they're going to play that safe, but they're, that opens them up against the run. Yeah, And so, they like, that's what you ball. saw, like, last week, just, you know, run it. If you're going to play like that, let's we're going to run it down your throat. And so, I thought Kentucky, like I said, just turnovers just killed them. Because if it wasn't for the turnovers, they would have ran for 300 yards. Mm-hmm. And they would have scored probably around 28 to 30 points. And yep. they would have won that game, you know. You're running say away. 27 to, you know, 10 or whatever, yep. you know, and it would never really been in doubt and they would have been on cruise control for most of the night. And let's, let's face it. They didn't show like they more screens. I think you saw against South Carolina, a lot of screens, a lot of screens, but other than I mean, it wasn't, they weren't showing a lot. It was pretty much, we're coming straight at you with what we have. Yeah. You could tell, I think Kentucky thought they were a better team, obviously going in like, the preconceived notions of that game for me were all held true. Like Kentucky's just, they're just better roster. Um, South Carolina is going to have a very, very hard time going on drives. They're only going to do it once. And Kentucky should have success against this defense, especially running the ball. I think they can because they're going to try to take away the big play. And so a lot of that was confirmed to just the turnovers murk everything up, muddies everything up. And so you you have a six point win when really it probably should have been a you know a three possession win. Hmm. And that that kind of. I mean, you're leads. minus three in the turnover column in ten possessions. It's just it, it's it's very funny now. I know Mark Stoops ain't laughing, um, but it, it kind of leads us into you know what's next for this Kentucky team, and it goes back to. Last week, it's like, you know, 
Kentucky can beat some good football teams if they don't turn the ball over. And also if the defense helps them out too. I mean, they've only produced what two in four games, you now know, the, like they the, did like that they, turnover they on downs, downs at midfield. Stops. That's, right. that's a turn. I mean, that's as good as a turnover. Right. Right. But it's still not the, you know, you're not going to lean on your defense. Like the others aren't. That's just 17. like, that's just like getting a stop or, or like a team missing a field goal or something. Um, but those that those down there, that one at midfield, like that felt like a game changer to me. All right, Kentucky labored a little bit, goal score right here, get up 14 nothing. Um, either going to half up 14 or like maybe had try to get a field. Like that was the game right there, I think. Um, potentially game changer. And then they they threw the turn, they threw the interception, which really yeah. kind of messed things up. Freaking arm punts. Yeah, but it was an arm punt, so you're willing to live yeah. with it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it was just offensively they've they've left you wanting more. I know Co- it sounds like Cohen's kicking himself, um, but this is also growing pains for Cohen, man. He's never been yeah, like well, an offense coordinator like this before. And he's also not only is it a different level of player, but there's also a like you can tell he's good at scheming up game plans. They've scored yeah. on the three of their first four drives this year. You know, they're moving the ball down the field. The only one they didn't score on is tip pass interception on the second play of the game, you know? So, like, dude knows how to scheme up a game plan, get his players in the right mindset for That's that. That's a great point, yeah. But then it's it comes down to finding the right formula moving forward and not getting behind the chains. Because, like, you know, Levis was able to convert a couple of long third downs, but that's they don't like being in those spots. To me, no. it's probably – it's more just stay impatient. Like, like you get the ball – we're talking about that turnover. You're up 7 nothing. Mm-hmm. You got it in – like, you're right on the brink of scoring territory. Just run it down there, you know. <laughs> Let's just ride Rodriguez here for a couple of plays, maybe get yeah. a play action. But, I, I mean, uh, it's – like, Ali should have been open. The way they were playing defense, like, that dig should be open. Like he's saying now, I don't know yeah. what happened, and I couldn't see it on the the broadcast really. Yeah, not a wide enough view. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there's just it leaves you want you know just leaves you wanting a little bit more. But I do like how he schemed up the run game here in these two SEC games. Um, like obviously it wasn't great against the lower level opponents, but against the good teams, um, he schemed it up well. And I think South Carolina's like. They're not great on defense, but they're going to be like a middle-of-the-pack defense in the SEC. Um, they're going to play worse defenses than South Carolina in this conference schedule. Um, so it was good to see them have some success, especially running the ball. Now they just got to get some yeah. kinks worked out in the passing game. Five and a half yards per carry. It's going. You're going to win some football games. 230 <laughs> non-sack rushing yards, you know, with over a 50% success rate. Like, you're not going to lose a lot of games because that means you're, you're, that means you're moving the chains. Mm-hmm. And that means you you have game control when you're able to do that. And then it should when that when teams do that it should open up shots over the top for you because um, not a, a lot of teams aren't going to stay disciplined like that. They're going to be like screw this we're getting we're going to stop the oh. run and that's which, what they're going to get this week. Which Todd Grantham's coming back to town. Yeah, third and Grantham. Perfect segue come. there. Oh man, and that's uh, that's what makes this game so interesting to me because I think from a if you just look at good on good, now it's it's a little bit different because of the way that like the quarterback run game is unlike anything they've experienced. But Kentucky's strength is its rush defense and its ability to keep things underneath. Uh, they finally did give up a pass play over 30 yards, though, unfortunately. Really liked that. It was almost like the 30-point streak. Or I really liked that streak. Um, but Kentucky is very good against the run defense. Florida's going to want to run the ball. And then on the other side, Florida is just daring Liam Cohen and Will Loves to go over the top. They're going to be doing it early and often. And, yeah. and then it's a matter of, man, I sure as hell hope Wandale's healthy because, you know, there isn't the same kind of, you know, I know these guys weren't exactly stars in the pros, but Vernon Hargraves was a damn good cornerback, college cornerback. C.J. Henderson was a solid – like, those guys ain't walking through the door over there. So Wondell's uh, the guy this week. Yeah. He's mean, the guy. Yeah. And if, if they can just get that connection back that they had kind of in the first two games of the season, you know, like this is – this has a lot of potential where 
you see just from the the 10,000 feet looking in that Kentucky, this is a matchup that schematically suits them. I just think in all these matchups with Grantham, like Kentucky's been playing Ty Grantham defense since 2010. Like this is the 12th year in a row. (laughs) Or yeah, the gal can't count, but yeah, Georgia, Louisville, I think it is Mississippi 12, State, Florida. No, you have the eleven because you got to count one. Yeah, uh, that always yeah, I get, messes I tr- with me. The count the years is it gets you got because when like, you subtract by two, it's technically three seasons. So from twenty nineteen to twenty one, if you subtract twenty one minus nineteen, it's two, yeah. but it's three years. Yeah, it's very like I don't know what that principle is of how numbers work like that, but it bugs the ever loving piss out right. of me. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Uh, because I mess it up all the time. So I think you are correct when you say 12 years. Yeah, so in a, really since Stoops has been here, Kentucky's never really had the guy on the outside to be like, this is who we're scheming up. This is who's going to get open against these guys. And I think they just have it this year. With Plus they have the quarterback that can deliver the ball deep. You know, I think 2019, they, you know, they had a lot of trouble guarding Lynn. Lynn had a big game there as a receiver. Yeah, and then Sawyer Smith came back down to life. Yeah, came crashing yeah. down to earth, right. Gosh, first half, Sawyer Smith. I know. Well, uh, well, if you remember, like, Kentucky's – what was the score at halftime? You are up by at least one score. It might have been 21-10. It was 14-7, I think. Um, in the first drive of that second half, I mean, they go right down the field on Florida. And then interception at the goal. Throws the interception. Yeah. The guy returns it all the way, like, to the red zone. Kentucky Maybe holds him to a field goal and then takes a 21. He jacks up his wrist trying to tackle the guy. Yeah. And Kentucky takes a 21 to 10 lead. Yeah, but that, that interception changed everything. If he doesn't throw that interception, mm-hmm. we might never get Bolden Ball. The uh... – <laughs> man, that is crazy, the what ifs. Because, like – Kentucky was in control of that game. And I think Sawyer, too, was something like 12 of 14 for yeah. like a buck 40. Like he had like, was just not throwing incomplete passes. I, I don't want to say like Kentucky was for sure going to win because eventually he was going to put Trask in that mm-hmm. game. Right. It was going to be, but it was getting to the point then it probably would have been too late. Oh, um, man. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, then Felipe gets hurt. There at the end, uh, there later, really changes the trajectory. That game was wild. I mean, that, a lot of stuff <laughs> happened in that game. Like the game was wild. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, like I think Wandale, like I just think he's the guy this week. Like they're gonna be able to get him open some. Now Grantham is, um, he's not as hard headed as he used to be. Like they will run some zone and stuff. But like when the chips are on the line, and it, you know it's a big play, you know what you're getting. Like, you're getting an exotic blitz from somewhere, <laughs> and you're going to get ISO'd on the outside. And they, re- they recruit good corners, and they just put them on islands. Yep. And so what was the, what was the quote? Uh, for the majority of the time, we're going to play press. <laughs> you know. That's what he like, does, man. We're going to give some different looks in that, but it's, you know, it is what it is, you know. And so, for Kentucky, like, number one, like, every game for them, they've got to establish some sort of running game. Like, you kind of have to win that line of scrimmage battle. They haven't really won it since 2018. 2018, that was the reason they won the game. They just – they were just moving bodies Blood down the there. the hell out of them. Yeah. On the offensive line. And so, like, Florida's got some dudes up front that are good, but I think Kentucky can have success running the ball on them with Rodriguez. I really do. Um, so, if you can do that, that's going to open up things. Because if you have any success running the ball – then you get Grantham just doubling down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, like, all right, yeah. got to stop this right now. Right. And that's when you can get even more shots. So, like, these are the two most explosive offenses in the SEC to this point in the season. So, I think you're going to see some big plays on both sides. And I think Kentucky, like, the challenges they've had the last two weeks, like, they're going to kind of disappear this week because I just don't think we're, you're going to see a lot of that from Florida. They're going to man up. And they're going to dare you to win one-on-ones. And I think Kentucky's got a guy that they're going to be able to scheme open for some of these. And then I think Kentucky's also going to be able to run the ball. So, like, Kentucky has to, I think, Nick, get to – like, I don't think it's – I don't think they got to get to, like, 35, 38. But I do think they have to get to probably at least 28 30, bare minimum. And probably yeah. more, you know, 31, you would feel comfortable. If you can get to 31 in a limited possession game, 
you can well, you, you and, can win and that's uh, that that you you really because it's gonna be there. limited. Yeah, because both teams are gonna run, run the, ball. the hell out of the right. football. This is a game too, like it might be done before nine thirty. Six o'clock kickoff, a lot mm-hmm. of running on both sides. Uh, the takes a like it, it. You got to value the football here, you know. And it goes back to the fumbling, like because when, when it if you if they win the turnover margin this week, they're going to have a great chance to win this game, in my opinion. Yeah, but you got to win it. You can't lose it. If you lose it, you're going to lose. But even with the it, crowd on your side, yeah, you can't. You got to keep the crowd on your side by taking care of the football. Um, and this is one of those games on the other side too, where Kentucky is going to be great at times defensively, and they're probably going to force some punts, but there's also going to be some times where those quarterbacks just get loose and just Dan Mullen's good. He's going to scheme stuff and they're going to score. They're going to score points. Like it just, it it is what it is Right. Um, for Kentucky. It's going to be like my biggest worry in this game. is like, I'm going to live with what they can do on the ground. Um, but they're two receivers, Xavier Henderson and Jacob Copeland. Um, these guys have just been – they've only been targeted 23 times through four games, but they've produced um, 10 plays – 10 receptions of 15 yards or more with some with some big, big chunk plays in there too. So, like, they're getting behind the defenses. And both these guys are former top two, 100 recruits. Yeah. Like, high four stars. Copeland and, got overshadowed by – a lot of the other guys, even though he was consistently in that conversation. And Henderson is that C.J. Henderson. It's his little brother, uh, the cornerback they had for a long time that was really good. He's with the Jaguars now. Um, those guys can get behind you at any point. And, like, Kentucky on defense, Nick, like, they're just going to have to play cover one this week. Like, they don't really want to, but they're going to have to man up more more times than they usually want to because they're going to have to stop the run. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to um, – because specifically because of the QB element – they're going to have to sacrifice having another hat in a in run support to stop it. So, like, there's going to be one-on-ones, and they're going to be one-on-one with Kentucky's corners, and you got to hope Kentucky's corners can win some of those battles. Like, Florida's receivers are going to win some. You just can't have them win them all. You know what I'm saying? Can you win some of those battles? Can you find a way to get a turnover or two? And then just, you know, because this team can play with Florida. I have no doubt about it. They can play with them, and I think they can beat them. But they have to – I think they have to get plus one in the turnover column at least, still a possession, because it is going to be a limited possession game. So, any turnover is going to be huge in this game. And then just offensively, you know, hit on some deep shots. All they're really missing is that if they hit on some deep shots, everything else is going to be fine because they're still moving the balls fairly efficiently. It's just they haven't had the big – teams have taken away the big play and it's made them harder – made it harder for them to score. Yeah, and – particularly with a guy like Jones, where I know uh, we enjoyed watching Felipe Franks throw interceptions. And this is the time for Kentucky. They, they really need their secondary to be opportunistic in this game. Yusuf Corker right now leads the SEC and passes broken up, but I don't think he's gotten a pick yet. This is the time we're being a little bit more opportunistic and kind of getting that uncertainty swelled up because, you know, if you recall, I mean, it was what, two weeks ago, we were just questioning like how bad is Emory Jones. He had like 11 straight incompletions. Sack fumble. Yeah. If if they can get in his head a little bit, I know Anthony Richardson is going to be back, but getting in his head is crucial. It is crucial in this game. Um, He struggled the first two games. Emory Jones did. And there is no denying that. Like he was pretty bad those first two games. He, he started to come around there in that start of the second quarter of Alabama and then Tennessee, he played well, um, but there is, there's still inefficiency passing the ball. Nick, I've charted most of the quarterbacks in the sec um, throughout the season in like Emory Jones and just passing success rate. Like he's behind pretty much everyone. He's behind Connor base. Like he's behind Max Johnson at LSU. He's behind Will Levis. He's behind Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. He's behind Will Rogers at Mississippi State. He's behind mm. Bo Nix. He's behind Matt Corral. He's behind Bryce Young. Wow. Now, Bo Nix, those numbers are flawed because of the two bad teams he played to start the season. And he was like 21 to 22 against that first team he played. His is about to get benched. Yeah. So, like, from that standpoint, you know, he's struggling a little bit. 
Um, he's going to throw it into traffic. Um, mm-hmm. His p- pass uh, breakup interception rate is the highest in the conference. Higher, even higher than Will Levis, the guy was throwing a bunch of interceptions. <laughs> so like, he's going to like there, he's going to throw it into conflict areas. Kentucky's just got to make those plays when he does that, um, when they throw it, because the one thing about the last two weeks, like when I was seeing some of the rushing numbers, I was thinking, man, they're going to be probably, I'm thinking like 15 passes a game mm-hmm. kind of thing, but no, they're still throwing it. Like Mullen wants to throw it 22 to 25 times and run it probably like 35 to 40 times, I would say. That's kind of the sweet spot for him. The key's getting into 65 plays <laughs> at this yeah. point. You know? So if you can – so they're going to throw the ball. Like, and you're going to have that, – that's the downs you have to win. Like, you, like Kentucky, when they pass the ball, Kentucky has to win those um, because they're going to have success moving the ball with, on the ground. But when they go to the air, Kentucky has to win those, those, those situations. That's going to be a must win. That's where probably the turnovers are going to come. Man. I'm I'm looking forward to this week, and we've got more we need to talk about that. But first, I want to quickly bounce around to some other games and our money p- line picks of the week brought to you by our good friends at Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app today on the App Store or use prizepicks.com to get in on the action. Use the code PERSONNEL and get an instant 100% sign-up bonus on up to $100 on your first deposit. Prize picks is a fun way to, you know, whether you're using daily fantasy or just playing over under with some prop bets, there's a ton of different ways to play, whether it's college or pro. I know last night, all Dak Prescott had to do was complete one pass and you get one leg of your parlay. Correct. They have a lot of different fun games for you to get in on the action. And it's, you know, it's not like, say, to Kentucky, where they've got sports gambling embargoed. You can play inside the Commonwealth and enjoy it. I uh, I think you would have done well if you would have. I think the only game that Chris Rodriguez hasn't hit his over was the one game I played it. So, so it makes it fun. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I'm, fantasy. Sure that, I'm sure that those numbers in that Alabama Ole Miss game are going to be extremely high this weekend. So download prize picks today. Get on the fun. Use their promo code PERSONNEL and get an instant 100% bonus on $100 on your first deposit. That's promo code PERSONNEL at prizepicks.com. And like, it, like you mentioned in the top of the episode, my tops were not on top. They were close. They covered, did not hit the money line. But Baylor took down the fighting Matt Campbells and the national media weeped. Poor, poor the Bear and Stanford Steve. They, they were... SVP had to give him a box of tissue because they were crying so much. They could not believe that Matt Campbell was crying and sad and a loser against an average Baylor team. Love watching Ohio State stink, uh, or Iowa State, excuse me, even though Ohio State was losing to Akron at some point, too. Here's why picking against the spread is so fickle, man. Baylor wins upset straight up. It's on the money line. They got outgained by, like, 200 yards. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever. Virginia outgains Wake Forest. Florida State outgains Louisville. And there was another one I lost where that other team outgained. And I lost all those picks. Mm, I thought a hot streak was imminent. Like it. Yeah. When you look at the board, there's just a lot of stuff I like this week. It's from an underdog perspective. You know how I feel about K State at home? They're getting double digits. Oklahoma is struggling. You get Nebraska off another brutal loss. You get north, they're playing Northwestern at home. And like, this is the spot to like pick Northwestern. This is where like Pat Fitzgerald does his thing and they win 13 to 10. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And then like, you know, Kentucky's got some value, I think, there. Eight and a half. That's a lot of points. Yeah. But from a money line perspective, you're getting pretty good odds there. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I don't think Alabama's running the table this year. <laughs> no, 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 this one's it's so juicy. It's like uh and I so like they're not half. they're not losing to AM now. Like that was a spot I thought for them to lose, but AM just doesn't have a quarterback. Ole Miss has a bye week. They got the trigger man. And they know they can play with Alabama after last year. And it just feels like Alabama might be ripe right now. And then they get, after this, they'll go 11-1. and one. They'll still win the division because Ole Miss will figure out a way to lose twice. Right, at least. right, right. But 
Man, let me – I'll take Matt Corral. Give me Ole Miss plus 450 on the money line. I just think this is just – it just feels like the moment. And like why to get them. Wine opened at 17 and a half down to 14 and a half. Yeah, it's dropping like crazy. It was sick. It was just which, 16 yesterday. Which that's the only thing that worries me about this because I think a lot of people Public you dog. Know, yeah. You 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 remember the Matt or the the, the Hugh Freeze games, you know, like it this is a this is a very this is an easy dumb betters kind of like I mean you've got to take them in the points. Yeah, but when you look at teams that have beat Saban a lot of the times recently, they got to score a lot. <laughs> take out Bo Wall, like take out Bo Wallace, and even like take out Chad Kelly. Um, like it's usually they got a quarterback, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. Um, I guess Auburn Joe a few Burrow. times. I guess maybe not as much as I'm thinking, but Joe Burrow. But yeah, um, you're non Auburn and Ole Misses, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> it's usually. It's usually the quarterback, but they got a quarterback it. who can put up a lot of points. So, uh, and it's always it. I mean, it's always a team that can score a lot of points. It seems like, I like, like they're not losing. One. Like that's why they have a lot of success against Georgia. I think because they just don't lose slugfest. Like if you try to get them in a slugfest, they're gonna beat you. Um, but if you spread the game out more, I think they can have more success against you. There's another big number in the SEC that's really tempting, but not really. And that's Arkansas, Georgia. Arkansas just riding a wave of momentum. But man, Georgia, yeah. they're just look like a machine. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. They they are like the Alabama of old. You know? It's it's very like we got we got a tight end that'll just kick your ass in seven different ways. That I mean, tight that, that freshman tight end they got, Brock Bowers. He's good, man. He might be he's one of the best players in the country. Like he's been <laughs> awesome. He's good. What they did to Vandy, I know it's Vandy, but to 35 points in a quarter, that's hard to do in seven on seven, you know? I looked it up, Nick. Vandy had three or three or four first downs and 70 yards of total offense. Yeah, so uh, Georgia at one point had more points than Vandy had yards. And it ended up, they still almost had it by the final score, uh, which that brought me back to a game that uh, when my sisters were playing college ball, they were beating the side out of a team, and they were – they had combined for more points than the other team for most of the game. And we, yeah, we were Van- really hoping for, for a win in that one. In the latest SP Plus rankings, Vanderbilt is below UL Monroe. UL Monroe. That's How about him, Terry Bowden, two and one. God bless. Now, picking up Kentucky's strength of schedule. T's and P's to uh, Rhett Rodriguez. That sounds just yeah, that gnarly. Sounds scary. Never, man, you don't, you don't hear about that often. So that's a gnarly injury. Um, but so T's and P's up to him. Hopefully all is well there. My money on picture is going to be Kentucky though. I mean, eight and a half. That's a lot there in this game. This game has not been decided by eight points or less. Four out of the eight times students has played. It's been eight points or less. And that doesn't include the game where they do a scoop and score at the buzzer. And also Kentucky was leading at halftime last year until they punted with 40 seconds left. And Tony goes in the house. Like Mark, this is, yeah. this is a student knows how to play this game close. Um, it's just a matter of finishing. They have not been able to finish very well. You got the home team on your side. Love a home dog. Why not? Why not? Why? Why? Why the hell not Kentucky this weekend? When you look at Stoops, like he's been really, really good in one possession games. Eighteen th- and seven. No, since twenty sixteen. A three and zero mark. Eighteen seven against twenty sixteen, and then like you got to look at. Those like half like a lot of those losses have been against Florida. Uh, two of them. Yeah, in, and in then even span. before then, the 2014 and 2015. Yeah, yeah, half of those games. Yeah, exactly. You know, for the just like he's had a, he's games. had really good, but then Florida just kind of they've gotten all the bounces in these close games. It seems like. Hmm. So for Kentucky, like this is a game where I think like to this point, Nick, the reason they've been able to win these games with all these turnovers is because. They're winning the play-by-play battles. They have more total yards, and they're having more yards per play, and they're just they're just winning by down by down basis. So it's allowing them to survive these these turnovers. Mm-hmm. Really, um, I don't know if they're going to win. Like I, I don't know if they. I think Florida's going to have more yards in this game. But that's why I get to like still in a possession. If they can get a turnover, they can very easily win this game. Um, now establishing the run is going to be important, but I think for sure. Um, Kentucky can play with them, and I think they can beat them. They're just going to 
they need to uh they the just thing, need to win that turnover battle. The, the thing too that I like is that this is the spot Stoops does not like being a favorite. You know, he likes the chip on the shoulder. We're the underdog guys. He likes Dan Mullen. Uh, who's Wondell Robinson? Uh, yeah. I mean, this kind of stuff is right up his alley. And then we found out late Monday night. We still don't have details. We're recording on Tuesday morning. But it sounds like the six players that were in the fraternity fight are now back at practice. Um, that could be a galvanizing moment to have those guys back. Good for team camaraderie uh, to be able to just have your guys. Uh, have everybody there. We don't know any details, um, but we do know that, like it, even though they haven't been there, at least half of those guys could be playing uh, significant roles Saturday night. I mean, Tom McClain, what if he's the guy who doesn't fumble? <laughs> assuming everybody's good to go. Yeah. Just put Vito out there and let him go I mean, wreck somebody. Gonna, yeah. You think that, I mean, that stadium go nuts. I'm just seeing on a kickoff. Just, yeah. Or just uh, peeling off of on a blitz. I mean, yeah, third and 14, go to dime and put him in there. Let him, you know, blitz. Yeah, like McLean, I don't know, like for him, like this week, but down the road and after the bye week, like you could see him having a big role in the last month of the season, I think. Because no, definitely. It seemed like he was going to be like their another pass catcher option, potentially in the slot. And, you, you know, maybe he's the guy you tack the middle of the field with. To all, um, if teams are playing you, you know, to take away the big plays. So those two for sure. A- after that, you know, we'll see um, with the other guys. Yeah, and some of it comes down to, you know, injury or what have you. But you hit, uh, you hit on the uh, – good as that third cornerback. But like, like the team's feeling good about themselves right now, but then that – you add that in. And yeah. that's another, you know – Us against the world. Yeah. I mean – Like let's go kind of moment. Stoops loves – that kind of call out the nobody believes in us. I don't think you're going to get a ton of clippings on Kentucky being this team that's going. You know, like they're watch out for the Wildcats beat Florida. Like I, I think a lot everybody's going to pick Florida. Um, I thought yeah. the line was small. I thought it would be closer to 10, 10 11, 12. Um, so it's moved. It's moved in the Gators' direction. Yeah. Um, they they they're getting a, a half, another half point. Since then, that but, makes sense to me. And, and I hope that too that they're just playing like Dan clips of Dan Mullen talking uh, at the facility this week, not like Sandstorm, but just Dan Mullen yeah. just being a human being because there's no more pompous piece of you know what than that guy right there. Yeah, he don't get me started on Dan. No, no, let's get you started <laughs> on Dan because here's the thing okay. like the last time we went on a road trip together, you lost your mind at like 2 30 a.m. And uh, a, a red roof in watching Steve Spurrier <laughs> talk. Okay, I think it's a prereq for any average or above average Florida football coach to just be an arrogant prick. It says that Spurrier was much more quick witted and clever. Mullen is a nerd that doesn't know his place. Here's the thing with Dan. I'm just calling him Dan this week. Dan. He's got the um. He comes from the Urban Meyer tree, and there's a certain like obnoxiousness and pompous attitude that comes with that. Mm-hmm. The cockiness, the bravado, the um, you know, the front running mentality. Everything's great when you're winning. If you're losing. You know, it's not all your fault. This blah blah blah, and just like that, I'm smarter than everybody in the room. And then there's the the stick, the I'm trying to be Steve Spurrier, the I'm wearing the visor, I'm saying the smart, I'm saying the like the quirky things to be funny. And all of these, like he's not Dan Mullen, or he's not Dan Mullen is not Urban Meyer, and he's not Steve Spurrier. He's like the worst of the two put together. <laughs> and so you of uh, for, for the worst of each, you get together with Dan Mullen. And that's why he's just drives me. He drives people crazy. I think it's just like the oh, look at me. My name's Dan. I'm wearing Jordans at SEC Media Day. Ooh, I'm Darth Vader. Look at I'm me. Gonna, I'm I'm my name's Dan. I, I'm yeah. I'm getting in a fight with Missouri players on the field, and then I'm wearing a Darth Vader costume to the post game. You know, it's look at me. I'm wearing Yeezys. Hey, 
I just, it's, uh, it's just like, he just, he just, he just, he's just a try hard. Like he comes off as such a try yes, hard. He is the, he, that uh, he is such a try hard. There's no but doubt man, about it. He can call plays and he's a brilliant offensive coordinator. He's one of the best in college football and he's awesome, but he has like the stuff you don't dislike about Urban Meyer and the stuff you dislike about C Spurrier just kind of like joined forces with him there, there at Florida. And so he just, he just, he, he, like, he's, he's just not likable. <laughs> like he's very hard to like, but it's also kind of, that's Florida, you know, then they also love that. That's what kind of what they want to be. Gosh, Florida. <sighs> Man, just when you thought you couldn't hate him anymore, Dan comes to town with him and Grantham and just a one, two punch of suck. Yeah. yeah and it's an, it's an also an opportunity. And we've talked about this, Nick, like, Stoops at home, mm-hmm. they've had some moments teed up and they haven't always delivered on them, especially when the crowd is going to be sold out and it's huge lead up into the game. Mm-hmm. Like this is another opportunity. And they got two really in a row I think they're going to have. Yeah. Because like I think gotta, even, even if you lose this one, you're going to be sold out. But there won't be the same sense of excitement that you'll get going into this first one. It's just you can't replicate that, especially with the team – I mean, you haven't played LSU since 2014. They haven't been to Kroger Field since 2007. Florida, it's a different kind of hate. We have to look at Dan's stupid face every single year. We have to deal with their garbage. We have to deal with their backup quarterbacks. And we are sick and tired of dealing with them. It's time. I know Kentucky got the win in the swamp. But to be able to experience that in person, that – I got to do it, but only a few thousand got to do it. Kroger Field needs to experience. Yeah, no doubt. That. Yeah, I mean, you just got to – if you want to take the next step, which is what the hire of Lynn Cohen was all about, um, which is what he Supes has talked about publicly, you know, I want to take this program to, uh, to the next level. Like, these are games you got to win, you know. Eventually, you got to, mm-hmm. you know um, – you got to kick that door down and just go win these games. And so this is a great spot. It's teed up. Now you got to step up there like Bryson at the Ryder Cup and just drive the damn green. I knew, I knew, I knew exactly <laughs> where you were going with. Oh man! But he, and also, like Nick, this week is like we get lost in the playoff, but this week it's like it's a huge anxiety week in college football. Yeah, yeah. like Missouri Tennessee is a huge game. Auburn Especially LSU is a huge game. Last week. Auburn just fired the receiver coach out of the blue. Like, Carson's already feeling the heat down there. Just to fire somebody. Virginia-Miami uh, is a huge game. Like, Miami needs to win. And it, there's a ton of games like that throughout throughout the slate on Saturday. Louisville-Wake Forest. Yeah, Louisville-Wake Forest. Like, Louisville, yeah. Not as much, but that's that's the same way. Can I just bring up to – Minnesota-Purdue. It's like that, too. Oh, yeah, that one really is. Because both, both those coaches are – which one is still going to stay on the good side? You know, I mean, PJ Flex probably built up a little bit more goodwill, and his yeah. his good season was a little bit more recent. But mm-hmm. you're exactly it's, right. It's uh, a lot like Kentucky, South Carolina in the division. Like you got to beat that team if you're yeah, Purdue or yeah. Minnesota. Well, there's one game too that came across the screen that's really intriguing. Louisiana Tech plays NC State. Ultimate do, hangover. Yeah. How do you how do you also get a how do you get a common opponent game in week five? And your common opponent is Mississippi State. Like there, there's, there should be no like I. The the ties to all of this. Yeah, I mean, Louisiana, you know, and like Louisiana Tech almost beat him. NC State gets drubbed by him, but then they go out and beat Clemson. I also like it earlier. I really thought you were going to be tempted with Boston College at Clemson. My, That's know. one of my I've written down. It's one of maybe a play for the week, but not Base, not against Clemson not a money stinks. line. Clemson's not good. Yeah. They're um well defense is just the offense is DJU is just bad. dreadful. Yeah, really. The offensive line stinks. Maybe we'll get a Walker Trent Marco Parks. Maybe no. Maybe that might pop up. I have no intel on that, but you know, right? Me makes neither. you think. Which, by the way, going to be another big recruiting weekend. Um, a lot of a lot of kids are coming to town. We're just now sort of gathering up the evidence there's also a potential commitment brandon white is announcing his decision this friday 
so that's one to keep an eye on a real speedster out of Cincinnati Moeller High School who attended a camp that we were at this summer. Uh, well, he got a lot, got a lot of juice in that kid. So uh, they've had a lot of success there with Moeller too. You look at Valentine and Bates; yeah, both those yeah. guys have turned into good players. Yeah. So it's sounding we, like they they're the leader right now for Brandon White. It seems like. Yeah. So and it's really going to be over. It's going to be a win, a recruiting win over West Virginia. Those were the two. Mm, suck it, Neil Brown. Sorry, take Neil. that. Yeah, take that. Uh, man, going to be very exciting on Saturday. That catwalk is going to be absolutely nutty. Uh, they're bringing out they're bringing out all the stops for this half big blue game. half white. Man, yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun. I, I love the six o'clock kickoff too. Get a little dusk in the first hour. It's going to be football weather. I mean. What more can you ask for, Luckett, except an ass whooping at just win the turnovers at Kroger Field? Win the turnover battle. Um, I I actually had had my cousin who said this. He said, I want to make a sign. Either Dan Mullen is not Steve Spurrier or Dan Mullen is not a top tier coach, which I thought was just hilarious because you know, if he saw that, he would just get so mad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like he's Especially like, man, to, he, he wanted to take it. Like, like he was hoping the SC Nation would be, uh, SEC Nation would come. But you know, too, that there is a some sort of complex because Spurrier's in that building as well. He's like special administrator yeah. to the like. That's dude, just he, who Florida is, though. They just like being like that, man. It's just he like, he's got to prove it to him, though. There's there's something there or some Freudian. I don't know what it is, but you know that Dan, God, well, I cannot stand. Well, him. the. The talking point or just around him that he just can't get past is just the recruiting. Because they're just like – because now they're to the point where they're beating everybody they're supposed to. Um, it's just the Georgia-Alabama, they just can't get to like – they're just at a different level. And that's the thing over time. Like like what beating Georgia last year bought him a lot, and then they ended the season the way they did. It was bad. And kind of ruined that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that's the this thing that you just can't get around. This would be a good around. way like, to ruin it again, too. Like, losing Well, to that's Kentucky. what I'm saying. Like, if you start – if he starts lo- – like, if he loses to Kentucky, it's just going it, to – it opens up a whole can of worms. Really, like, Nick, like, well, take away, like, South Carolina fans even. Like, like they just – like, a lot of these fan bases in the SEC and even – They can't media handle people, it. They can't get it through their <laughs> skull that, like – Kentucky is good. Oh, like it's like, like Snoop's just like twenty games over five hundred these last <laughs> six years. Like where where have you where have you all been? So I just that 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 just it amazes me that that's still a thing. But it's still a thing. Like yeah. Tennessee, they're they, they about had it. You know, they about had a total freak out when Kentucky beat them last year. Yeah, and it's like yo, like where have I mean, you all been? And, and now we're getting to the point where Florida is resting players. Against Tennessee to get ready for the Kentucky game. Yeah, even but their coaching staff knows like this is a, but their fan base doesn't think like that. They can't get it through their thick skulls. It's weird that, but it's not just Florida. It's a lot of schools. Um, you know, Kentucky's beaten South Carolina seven of eight times, and their fans like no offense. Same with Mizzou too. They thought like yeah, Mizzou's the same way. Like they were (laughs) upset that they lost Kentucky down here. And I'm just like, like that. That just that kind of like like that that surprises me a little bit. Like people just they just can't. It's like if you put the jerseys or hel- I know this is like one of Freddie saying if you take off the helmet logos or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you put Kentucky, if you put anybody like Kentucky on anyone else, it's they don't think like that. But since it's Kentucky, it's just weird. And I don't I don't know if they're ever gonna get out of that. That's just kind of you know it is what it is. Man. Mm. And so, really, like, the best really, part of the Kentucky win will just be listening to, you know, Florida uh, fan immediate reaction. And, and also, look, at, here's the thing, too. That Sugar Bowl dream we have, just you just got to win more to the next two. And if you win both, well, then you get to dream even bigger and bigger Well, if you bigger. win, let's say they win on set, it, like, then your chance, like, beating Georgia is going to be a tall, tall, tall task. Right, right, right. But – but but here here's what's but fun you're gonna have it. a game against them that's gonna like determine that where you yeah. control your own destiny yeah and so just to get there to that point would be huge you, you got to the first a game one. Of that magnitude for now the program let's go get to big. the next one 
kick Florida's ass, take care of the ball. We've done, we've been talking for more than an hour now, but like, fuck it. I mean, what more do we need to say? Take care of the damn ball. It's, 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 they ball is when, life. When the turnover margin, they can win the game. And that's that. I mean, I think that's it this week. You, you just <laughs> got to win the turnover margin. You can't go be, out there. It's going to be a limited possession it. game. You can't give away possession. You got to steal a possession in this game. We're or, right about it ad nauseum, but just win the turnover battle. Yeah. You do that and you can beat them. You, you can play send, with this team. It just, you got to win the turnover battle. It, it just is what it is. And you send Dan home crying. Gosh. Really, I, I remember very vividly walking down while Spurrier was giving a very defeated uh, interview with the Columbia TV station after their loss in 2015. Yeah. It was right before, or I don't think it was 2015, it, 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 the Bud Dupree game. You could see the look of defeat in his eyes. I want they to see that in Dan Mullen. They can't stay like they lose to Kentucky. It's like it's like mm. somebody's killed their dog or something. Like oh, they just it, they it's crazy. But that's why I get these wins and just enjoy them. We're gonna enjoy Saturday. It's gonna be a great time. We'll see you at the Crow. Thanks again for listening to Eleven Personnel for Adam Luckett. I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.